And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys had a terrific weekend. Uh, yeah, uh, big show today. Uh, lots to discuss. I was joined by uh, my good friend Ian Hayworth. Uh, it's always a great time talking to Ian. And uh, yeah, not not a lot of cheery subjects today. It was it was kind of a it was kind of a downer. Uh, but hey, man, I, I just have to I deal with what the news cycle gives me. Uh, obviously, we talked about the tragic death of uh, the great Kobe Bryant helicopter accident yesterday along with eight other people including his 13 year old daughter just horrible i mean just man the saddest story I've, I've heard in a long time uh, so we had to talk about that uh we talked about this uh the new bombshells uh in the uh in- impeachment hearing not not really there actually is no bombshells and we didn't really spend much time on it but we mentioned it the whole uh john bolton trying to so it was new book stuff. We mentioned it. And we talked about uh, the the developing news out of China with this uh, this deadly coronavirus, which is you know, very disturbing stuff going on over there. So, yeah, not not the most upbeat episode, but hopefully you guys still enjoy it. Uh, guys, first, uh, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or Spotify. Uh, if you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate it. And if you want to get involved with the show, hit us up over on Patreon. Patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right. Without further ado, here is my chat with Ian Hayworth. All right, guys. We're here with my friend Ian Hayworth. Ian, my brother. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good, my brother. So, all right. We got to start off uh, with some very, very sad news, man. Obviously, this is what everybody's talking about. Um, horrible news out of California yesterday. The great Kobe Bryant, along with his 13-year-old daughter, uh, Gigi, and seven other people, um, died in, in a horrific helicopter crash in Calabasas yesterday morning. Uh, man, this this was a rough one, man. This was a rough one. I, I was just sitting at home with my wife. I was getting a little work done on the computer, and I, I opened up Twitter, and I, and I see this. I see TMZ reporting this, and I figured, I'm like, no way, man. Kobe Bryant, I, I figured it was some kind of one of those celebrity death hoaxes, you know, like mm-hmm. I didn't th- I didn't think it was real. I think that's what a lot of people thought. I think that's always the biggest shock, especially with someone who's very young. I mean, he was only 41 um, and he retired, what, like a, um, two, two years ago or so, two yeah, seasons ago, three years ago. Yeah. Um, so it's just it's that's crazy enough when someone young goes, but also in such a tragic way, in such a terrifying way. And with his daughter and another family, it's just just beyond awful. It's hard to think of uh, something worse that could happen to a family i i just um think everyone should be praying for his uh for his uh, widow and his uh l- remaining children because it's just just awful and of course everyone um related to the other family which i i think must be awful as well because that family is grieving just as much and is kind of caught up in this attention storm it, it, it must be just beyond uh beyond words really it's just awful yeah it, it truly is and uh yeah it, it... You know, I imagine you know Kobe Bryant. Obviously, he's one of the he's the top seven or eight basketball player of all time. He's an mm-hmm. all time great. Obviously, a, a first ballot Hall of Famer, five time world champion. Uh, but but he you know 
he's one of those rare athletes that kind of transcended sports and became just like a national icon. You know what I mean? Like I imagine, mm-hmm. obviously, you and I, you and I weren't around when when John Lennon was killed, but I imagine it was is almost maybe not quite John Lennon, but almost at that level of like a a shock to the nation. You know, like somebody that. You know, he wasn't just an athlete. Like he was a a global, mm-hmm. a national and a global superstar. So you know, the the whole nation yesterday was just shocked. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was a uh, like every everybody, every news station, every you know, not just Sports Center, you know, ESPN, but everybody just cut away from whatever they're doing and and covered this. Like it was like a man. I mean, everybody, my whole family, all my friends were all texting each other. We're like, man, this is this is insane. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh obviously not many athletes get tweets from. You know Donald Trump and Barack Obama. You know this mm-hmm. from a, a former and a current president at the same time. You know this is obviously uh, transcends the the sporting world. But look, uh, obviously spent a ton of time on this podcast, absolutely trashing the press, um, <laughs> and I'm gonna do it again because the press's handling of this situation was absolutely disgusting. For starters, and there's a lot to break down here, but for starters, TMZ reported this reported the death of, of Kobe Bryant before his family was notified. And obviously there, there was nine people ki- killed, uh, you know, in, in this crash. So none of the families, the, the you know, three or four families involved, no, they weren't notified yet when TMZ broke this news. I mean, it's like, that's just pure evil. I don't know another, another way to put it. it. That's absolutely evil. That is journalistic malpractice. And I, I can't even put myself in the position of, Kobe Bryant's family, his wife, his his children, his parents, finding this out on the fucking news. Yeah, like that. That is like just disturbing stuff, man. It is rule. It's journalism one hundred and one. When there's a fatality, you do not report the name, no matter who it is, it, unless next of kin are notified. Like whether it's a just a random person killed in a motorcycle accident, or whether it's a sh- a soldier killed in Afghanistan, you don't report names until the family's notified. The press can't even get that right. Mm-hmm. That's that's day one of journalism school, okay? And they, they can't do it. It's like, it's just disturbing stuff from the press, man. Well, I think if you're going to TMZ for any kind of uh, moral behavior, you're in the wrong place. I mean, they're just like a bunch of vultures who make money off um, really sensationalizing any any element of celebrity life. And so something like this, for them to be able to break it would have been... Um, it's horrible to say, but it would have been quite a big deal for them. And so I don't think they're going to stop and think about the feelings of any of the family or anything like that. They don't. I don't think that's really on their radar at all. I think they're far too concerned about just being the first to break. Um, they'll be the first to go viral. Everyone will be sharing their story. All the media that will flow from it will reference their initial story. But it really is despicable. But I think we were talking about this a little bit before we started it people are shocked at the media for behaving as I will welcome to the party. It's like, <laughs> they, right. They've been like this for, I don't know how long. Um, I think it's just interesting that it's taken someone who, as you said before, kind of transcends um, sporting lines and to some extent, political lines where everyone can kind of come together and, and mourn their loss a little bit. They suddenly realize that the behavior of the media is, is not exactly what you would like, but uh, yeah, really dreadful that they reported so early and, clearly with no regard for the feelings of the family. And it's not just TMZ either. Uh, just over the course of the, the first few hours, you know, three, four hours mm-hmm. after this news broke, the entire press was making one mistake after another. Not just TMZ, major news outlets. 
A- ABC News uh, reported that all four of Kobe Bryant's daughters were killed in this crash. And then another, I, I forget the other outlet, but at, at the exact same time, another news outlet reported that uh, no no members of, of Kobe's family were, mm-hmm. were on board the helicopter with him. And it's like, it's like, what are you guys doing? Like, okay, to 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 print like major news or to report mm-hmm. major news like you know the death of uh Soleimani or Osama bin Laden or you know you know whatever like a major like uh, news out it's uh typically triple confirm mm-hmm. their their <clears throat> their sources and even something like this where it's not you know a, a national security threat or something like that still you would think that you would you would have double confirmation before before reporting something like this, these new these news outlets are just reporting rumors from Twitter. Mm-hmm. I mean, like they, just one person tweets something or, or claims that they heard something on the ground and they just they tweet it out. Or they report it live on air. I mean, it's it's just shameful. And just imagine, just one, they're misleading the American public, and that's evil enough. But like, just gosh, just imagine being Kobe Bryant's friend or that you know a mm-hmm. classmate of one of his children. Or somebody that goes to church with them. You know what I mean? They're seeing all these, just a blunderbuss of bullshit being reported, and you have absolutely no idea what's true and what's not. It's like, what a day the press had yesterday. Yeah. And like you like you said, you know, to all the you know, the, the Democrats out there and the independents and the moderates and, and uh, all the people that maybe aren't politically engaged, now <laughs> just coming to the realization that the press sucks. Uh, welcome, uh, welcome aboard the enemy of the people train. Because us over here on the right, we've been, uh, we've realized uh, who these people truly are a long time ago. Well, I think um, it's kind of interesting because the the reaction they had to just to report, as you said, Twitter rumors. I mean, if it works for politics, why wouldn't it work for breaking news and current affairs? Because that's exactly what they do politically. Any rumor, any statement that someone has heard from someone else through someone else will just be reported as news. There's no follow-up. I think the general integrity of a lot of the mainstream media is is so poor, again, because it's it's built on kind of the wrong set of metrics. It's not really built on truth, uh, first and foremost. It's built on trying to go viral. And so it doesn't really matter if what you're reporting is true. You're just going to get, get those clicks. You're going to get that traffic. And then you can always retract it later or you just throw in an you know initial report suggest or something like that beforehand. There's really no drive by the media to be careful because you've just got to be first um and i think this is a very very dangerous line we're treading and i i don't see it turning around because no one's really holding them accountable there's no demand from the consumers which is us as a population there's no demand for the media to pump the brakes a little bit and actually report facts rather than just have twitter in a through a different medium it's uh, it needs to change because it's dangerous it gets to the point where it's dangerous if you're reporting false effectively fake news where people's lives are involved. You could have all kinds of things of people driven to panic to try and contact friends and family who may or may not be deceased. It's just unimaginable. And um, the morality really needs to be returned to journalism. And I, I don't see it happening, unfortunately. No, I, I don't see it happening either. And But it's also scary, too, because, I mean, obviously the press have been widely discredited um, in this country, Uh Justifiably so, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but if if they report things like this so flippantly and with complete disregard for the facts, man, are are the press? They could accidentally start a war, right? You know what I mean? Like yeah. they could accidentally do, do something horrible, causing the deaths of thousands of people. 
Like if you, you know, like misreporting something going well, on in the Middle East, misreporting something going on in Beijing or Moscow or, or it's somewhere, and, and uh, so, you know, somebody jumps the gun on some aircraft carrier somewhere and then we're in a we're in a horrible situation i mean like mm-hmm. i don't know like i it's it's tough i don't want to like you know conspiracy theorize or, or something but like if some level of professionalism does not return to the profession of journalism like it's not going to be an athlete sometime it's going to be mm-hmm. like you know misreporting the assassination of a politician okay or you know it's going to be something like truly awful that leads us down a, a very dangerous path. And, like, these people, I, I I think the press has always sucked. Like, I'm not one of these people that, you know, thinks, like, Walter <laughs> Cronkite was some, like, you know, bastion of morality or whatever. He was a leftist, and, and you know, he wasn't very good at hiding it. And there are all these people, you know, whatever. The New York Times covered up the Holocaust, right? Okay. The, yeah. You know, the New York Times and the Washington Post praised Soviet communism, right? So it's like these people have always been monsters. But with just the flippant disregard for their job description it's like mm-hmm. i don't know man i like where is this going to end if some level of professionalism doesn't return to journalism well i think a really good example from very very recent history is the uh, virginia gun rallies of the kind of oh, rhetoric yeah. that was that was being um pushed by the mainstream media there was a very small tiny um fraction of the protest that may have had like a radical element but the vast majority like the vast 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 majority of people there were peaceful people who just wanted to protest in favor of um, Second Amendment rights. But the way the media reported it was like it was literally a Nazi rally. And it, like oh, yeah. even, even connecting it with the Unite the Right um, Charlottesville rally, which was a completely different organization, completely different motivation. That is the kind of danger that could lead to, to violence because you could easily have groups who attended and to try and fight back because they've been told they're all Nazis and what do you do with Nazis? I mean, history's kind of taught us how to deal with them. So it's it's very dangerous and I think it's it's not beyond the realms of possibility that violence could easily break out from this kind of rhetoric that the media is fueling. I think politicians help, but I think it's mostly the media because they don't take the time to think about, say, who is attending this protest? What proportion of them are, have these radical views? It's all about getting the traffic because everyone wants to read about this Nazi protest with all these young, white, angry men with rifles walking through the streets who are just have itchy trigger, uh, trigger fingers just waiting to mow people down. And it's just such a disgusting mischaracterization uh, of an entire <laughs> chunk of the population. But no one cares. Everyone has such a short term attention span. People would have forgotten about the media's um, handling of Kobe Bryant's death by next week. It'll, right. everyone will just move on, unfortunately. And so the media can just keep going, keep going, because no one cares to remember. No one gets fired. There's, there's no, like, nobody's held accountable. You know, it's, it's, yeah, there's no accountability, man. So mm-hmm. there's no incentive for them to change their behavior, unfortunately. So, uh, all right, let's, uh, let's change gears here. Um, I have not talked all about right. these, these ridiculous impeachment hearings, and I, I'm really not going to talk about it i respect my audience too much and they're completely <laughs> meaningless and a waste of time but so look john bolton uh former national security advisor and discredited neocon who's been wrong about literally everything for 20 years and was fired uh for being wrong about literally everything for 20 years is now selling pre-orders for his new book so uh he's trash talking the president of the united states apparently to sell books to democrats and members of the press obviously um 
and I'm supposed to care about this. Why? Well, I think there's the the thing is that the media are again pushing this as the latest bombshell in a in an entire slew of millions of bombshells that really isn't one. I mean, John Bolton is probably trying to sell his book, but the, what he is reported to have said in an unreleased manuscript, which I haven't read, and so I'm taking what the media is saying about this with a handful of salt, is that um, Trump pushed for to hold the aid up until Democrats, including Biden, were investigated. And we know this already. I think some blame should land at the feet of, of Trump because his obsession with claiming it was a perfect phone call and no quid pro quo and all that kind of stuff was just silly from the outset. He's like, a, he truly is a lawyer's worst nightmare to have him as a client. Oh, but if, if you just step back, none of this is impeachable unless the sole um, motivation behind holding the aid up was to investigate Biden to, for the one reason and one reason alone of affecting 2020. If there are any other reasons for looking into him, for example, um, corruption with his wonderful son, Hunter, and some of the... Uh, what a guy. Yeah, what a guy. I mean, it's just his, his, his list of achievements is quite, quite something. Um, there's clearly questions regarding corruption with him. Um, the fact that the media are shilling for the Democrats there saying, oh, it's, it's a squeaky clean, there's nothing to see here. They're the same people who say that Obama's um, administration was squeaky clean. And so I don't believe that for a second. Uh, this is just yet another nothing burger after and quite a few other nothing burgers. And John Bolton is trying to sell a book, which is, you know, that's his prerogative. But I think we, we've seen quite a few political characters in recent in recent history coming out sensational uh, comments trying to sell books. And then the media are quite happy to pick and choose the right ones that fit a narrative. I, I think this is going nowhere. Everyone knows it's going nowhere. Um, Republicans certainly don't care. I think um, I honestly think quite a lot of Americans don't care. I would like to move on from this. I mean, the election is coming up in November, for goodness sake. They're trying to impeach a president three months before an election. Like you hate him that much, then take it to the ballot box. It's really quite ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with these hearings uh, uh, going on as long as as long as they want. I mean, it keeps uh, you know horrible, horrible people like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren off the campaign trail. So mm-hmm. you know, whatever. If yep. it sinks their ships, I guess you know whatever. But yeah, I, you know, <laughs> it's just like you said, it's a nothing burger. And hey, look to a lot of fellow Republicans just coming around. I see a lot of people coming around to my positions. Uh, in the last 24 hours on, on the press and also on John Bolton. I mean, as a libertarian who thinks the Iraq war was a, a horrible, horrible mistake, uh, I've been anti-John Bolton for a long, long time. So uh, to all of you guys just realizing that John Bolton's bad, hey, man, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> welcome. Well, I think uh, it's, also, it's also a problem with how quick people are to flip on people. I think um, people shouldn't be basing their entire opinion of John Bolton on him trying to sell a book because all he's saying— all he's reported to have said, I think also people should wait until they've actually read the manuscript because who knows if he's being completely mischaracterized. But all he said is something we already knew. And so this really is, it's almost playing into the Democrats' narrative if people are suddenly calling for you know Bolton to be thrown on the bonfire. I think people should just react to this as for what it is and just like, okay, I, I don't care. This is completely irrelevant. Right. That See, the, thing that they, the only thing that bothers me about this uh, this John Bolton thing is the the squishy Republicans the the Mitt Romneys of the world the Susan Collinses of the world 
who are falling for this BS again. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. guys, you don't remember the Brett Kavanaugh the smear <laughs> campaign? I mean, that was just over a year ago. That was less than a year and a half ago. That right before the vote to confirm on the Supreme Court, there's all these midnight bombshells. You know, hey, and uh, all that other stuff we said about him, he's also a gang rapist. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, guys, like... Really, we're gonna do. You guys are really gonna fall for this again. And Republicans back then were like, "Oh well, we need to hear more testimony." And so, no, you don't. Stop. Stop. It's a smear campaign from the left. It's always a smear campaign from the left. You, these people's memories. I mean, do they all have dementia? Maybe they do. I don't know. But it's like <laughs> you guys, you people, and a lot of conservative commentators too. Like, well, we need to hear more from Bolton. He's got to testify. It's like people, really. Like Brett Kavanaugh was a year ago. Have you not forgotten the left's tactics? I mean, this was a leaked manuscript to the New York Times. Mm-hmm. If you hear leaked and New York Times in the same sentence, move on. Like, it's not it's not real. It's bullshit. Move on to something that matters. Like, if look, you lost me at leaked and New York Times and John Bolton. Okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, give me an abs- Give me a break. Give me a break. So let's let's move on to something that actually does matter. Uh, <laughs> Something uh, that that at least uh, it's looking like it's shaping up like it could be a, a real disaster. Um, there's been a, a deadly outbreak in China, uh, the coronavirus, that's caused the death of uh, the Chinese government says 80 people, um, and uh, there's been five uh, confirmed cases of this virus in the United States. Um, I don't know. There's been a few, I believe, in Europe. I don't have I don't have those numbers in front of me. Um, Here's the thing: the the Chinese Communist Party, who who you know runs the entire press in China, uh, they're not big on telling the truth. Um, so and like our press here in the West exaggerates everything and makes everything sound worse than it really is. In communist dictatorships, uh, <laughs> it's the role of of the media to downplay whatever's happening. Like when the Chernobyl disaster happened in in Ukraine and the Soviet Union, uh, I believe the the Russian state or that the Soviet state media reported that one person had died in a chemical fire. Okay, so it's like yeah. communists are not big on telling the truth. Um, so obviously, hopefully the number is, you know, just 80, as horrible as that is, but uh, it would not surprise me if the death toll was, was much, much higher than that. Well, I think this is also an ultimate lesson for why you have to act as a sovereign nation proactively against these kind of threats. I mean, the the fact that a lot of the world was kind of sitting there waiting for China to handle this and flights were carrying on and people, people weren't screened for quite a few days. I mean, this is, this is one of the ultimate arguments in favor of having some form of border control and knowing who's coming in and out, because I really think the United States should be much faster um, protecting against this could have easily set up screenings on all flights. You should have tracked every single passenger coming in to make sure they hadn't come from certain parts of China. This isn't that complicated. Um, And I think we're really suffering from, well, at least we're suffering from a higher risk because we just didn't react fast enough. I think you can't really help what other countries do. That's not really, to some extent, our problem. But when you have a sovereign nation, you are responsible for trying to protect the people in it. And I think the the very slow speed of um, protecting against this could could have some impact. I'm still hopeful that this is somewhat overblown and that we've controlled it quick enough. But but who knows? I think the bigger news was that it can spread before symptoms show. And I think with any kind of a virus or illness, that makes it far more dangerous because you don't just pick out the people who look ill and, and put them in a plastic bag away from everyone. It's a little bit more complicated then. Right. And the uh, 
Yeah, like like you said about border control. This is just a side note. Sorry to to make light of this. Just a side note. But the uh, the Mongolian government has closed their southern border to China, which uh, if you know anything about history, if you know anything about history, that's kind of funny. Um, the Chinese <laughs> had spent several thousand years building walls and trying to keep Mongolians out of China. So uh, I think this is the first time the Mongolians uh, have been concerned with with uh, the Chinese coming into their country which uh if you know it's kind of funny if you know anything about history <laughs> but you know like the chinese government uh they quarantined a city of 11 million people mm-hmm. after this outbreak happened i mean 11 million people that's that's the population of the state of ohio and they said they quarantined the city after they after there was 20 reported cases of this virus you wouldn't quarantine ohio because 20 people got sick Okay, like there's just no like I'm I'm just not buying that. Like I, I I'm not believing that the Chinese government would quarantine 11 million people because 20 people got sick. Like I don't know if that number is 20,000 or 200,000. Like I don't know. Like I I just knowing the communist propensity for for lying. I just I don't know, man. I I just don't have a bad feeling about this. And also, look, like just like Ebola, just like the the bird flu, just like the swine flu. I actually had the swine flu. That was back in, like, what, 2009, maybe? 2010, mm-hmm. something like that. It was bad, but, you know, it's just a bad flu. But just like all these different viruses, it's you're really only in trouble if you're a small child or if you're elderly. Um, mm-hmm. But still, like, it, it's still, you know, that that's a large percentage of the population, you know, small yeah. children and the elderly. So it is it definitely could get bad. You know, hopefully we, we got to it in time and, and stuff, but... Uh, yeah, so we were both trying to fact check this uh, before we started recording, but everything I can, everything I've read confirms like the kind of rumor or the narrative that was out there over the last week or so that this all originated from people eating some kind of weird bat soup. So, yeah, so from what I've seen, I, I think the virus, um, yeah, I think the from what I've seen, the virus originated from, I think they call them wet markets where they kind of have, um, live and dead animals all together like dogs chickens pigs snakes all kinds of yes. things um and so if you ever need i mean so just to just to plug my own religion for a little bit if you ever needed a reason to keep kosher this is one like no one ever got <laughs> coronavirus from chicken soup i'm just going to put that one out there right now <laughs> right yeah uh look i uh you know I, I i'm a risk taker when it comes to eating food like I, I don't play it safe i've eaten all manner of raw stuff raw fish raw meat you know, I tend to, especially if it's red meat, I will undercook the the heck out of that um, because it's delicious that way. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> you know, I, I've eaten all kinds of weird stuff, man, uh, but not bats. I mean, uh, I mean, look, the the Chinese culture, the Chinese people are not necessarily a very religious culture, but they are very superstitious. They they hold a lot of uh, weird customs and superstitions. Like, for instance, the reason why rhinos are almost extinct. Is because a lot of Chinese men believe that uh, eating a rhino horn uh, is equivalent to like Viagra. Uh, it's like a cure for ED, which is of course insane. And it seems like, for the love of God, that should be debunked by now. Um, but so obviously, this isn't like the first uh, kind of weird, uh, you know, food that that the Chinese people will become fixated with. But it's definitely the strangest one, I think. I, we've all seen videos of of Chinese folks like eating you know, like live bugs and, 
lizards and all, you know all kinds of weird mm-hmm. weird stuff but bats i uh i've never never seen a bat and thought man that that looks really tasty I, I, that, that thought's never crossed my mind yeah it's like the most demonic animal you can possibly imagine and to see that i mean i think that the same look like things like squid like whoever saw a squid think you know what i'm gonna try eating that thing it just looks it looks like i'm straight from hell <laughs> and you got the cutest animals are also the most delicious like lamb duck they're all delicious and you're not going to get these kind of viruses from them. So just stick to things that are cute, and I think you'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So, <laughs> yeah, man. Like, obviously, we'll be praying for uh, that that this outbreak isn't doesn't get any worse than than it already has, and we'll we'll be praying for uh, Kobe Bryant's widow and and children and and the rest of the families involved in that. Man, not a lot of cheery subjects today. Uh, no, it's pretty depressing. Making, Next time we need to have make, some happier ones. Yeah, like making fun of John Bolton was like the highlight of the the episode. So that's a so we're hopefully we'll, we'll have some cheerier subjects next time. But uh, all right, Ian, uh, thanks so much for doing this, man. Um, and I'm sure you'll be back on soon. Uh, where can everybody check out your show, which is outstanding, uh, and follow you online and all that stuff? Yeah, so you can find my show. It's called the uh, the Ian House Show. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, you spell my last name H A W O R T H. Uh, you can also find me on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. My handle is i g h a w o r t h. And yeah, follow me on all those places. Uh, check out the YouTube show. I do a couple of episodes a week and hopefully have uh, you back on pretty soon. So that'll be fun. Absolutely. Everybody follow Ian. He's great. Um, that is all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks.